I'm Mike Zapsik of I Sell Comics and Comic Book Men on AMC TV, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An Elegant Weapon for the more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. The time has come. Join hands as we bring together our mystic powers. Cobra attack! To it then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an elegant weapon episode 134. I'm your host Jay. Hold on a sec while I flick this here bick in my hand. Right before the show started, Seth rolled a gigantic fatty because that was the only way we could get Jonah Hill onto the stage. <laughs> okay, so. Hanging out with me right now is the Mr. Count of Color himself, Mr. Anthony Bachman. Hello, Anthony. Hola. I would just like to begin tonight's episode by stating how goddamn good chocolate milk really is. Damn! <laughs> I'll stick with my coffee, but you enjoy your chocolate milk. Oh, good lord. It, last summer, I tried to cut down on the coffee. It, I, I, the, I, I substituted chocolate milk. And nice. I got this serious obsession with it now, and I can't stop tr- like drinking it. Like <laughs> whenever I'm like really thirsty and I want like a thirst quencher or something like a tall, gla- cold glass of something, gotta be chocolate milk. It's nuts, but it's so good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But mm. are, you're normally you're because you're also a tea man, right? So you substituted the the tea for the coffee as well. Um, it's a weird thing. Uh. The tea I have at home, yeah. If I'm at home, I have tea first. But if I'm out, I get coffee first. So I don't know what the deal is there. But the... uh, people have weird stuff like that at home. I drink just straight black to pitcher or you know carafe after carafe of coffee. But if I go to a Denny's or a Sherry's or whatever for a sit-down restaurant, I will sit there and dump you know sugar and creamer in it, and I'm <laughs> drinking like. You know, half a cup of coffee that's just got a bunch of additives. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I never do it at home. I don't keep any creamer in the house. I don't even think I have sugar in the cabinets anymore. Uh, but, yeah, when I'm cream. out at a restaurant, I just dump the shit in it. My friend calls my uh, coffees milky concoctions. Yeah. That next year's like half fucking milk. milkshakes with the little coffee in it. It's like, yeah. what the fuck do you even drink coffee at that point? <laughs> well, it was ridiculously bred into me at an early age because growing up in a very British household, 
who knew no better as young teenage parents in the 70s, uh, they saw no fault at all in giving us tea when we were three, four years old. <laughs> so yeah, I remember... There were things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember one year uh, we all got Care Bear mugs, like the, the heads, like they were a Care Bear head, like a big nice. giant mug. And yeah, whenever it was bedtime and me and my cousins were hanging out, we'd all make giant cups of tea, like the size of our heads, <laughs> get all jacked up, and our parents would just yell at us for not being able to go to bed, and it's their own day. like, why the fuck are you chugging tea? <laughs> totally ridiculous. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Um, you just finished The Flash. Indeed. Uh, I was able to catch it because I'm in the future. I know. I hate being damn near West Coast sometimes. Because being damn near West Coast, we don't get the stuff that like flops over and sometimes they get it early. We get I get mountain time. And mountain time is that time that nobody understands. It's not one of the times that they mention. It's, it's a eight, weird seven, time. The fuck, the most time, you know, yeah, you take a couple hours off, you add an hour or two, you get your West Coast time. Nobody knows what the fuck's happening in these mountains. But yeah, <laughs> I, I just got to finish watching The Flash. Fucking fan, another fantastic episode. That right now is my favorite geek show on TV. Really? I completely caught it up with Arrow, Agents of Carter, or Agents of Shield, Agent Carter, um, Constantine, Gotham. I caught up on everything this week. Flash is my number one show. Wow, um, would have expected that. I don't think I am caught up on everything except I'm two or three episodes behind in Constantine, and I have not yet. Uh, actually, I just upstairs while you were watching Flash in the past. I was watching a little. Uh, agent carter in the future so this was the first episode i've caught any of was tonight and i liked what i saw but nice. uh but uh everything else yes i'm caught up on as well but i have to go with gotham um just really oh so many people dislike that show because really? of how they kind of force in the bruce wayne you know quite often the kids on we don't really need him on the show I've I've heard the opposite, at least maybe just with who I've been talking to or hearing around, but I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's uh I mean I I I see like that was a complaint I heard a lot in the beginning about the whole Bruce Wayne thing, but I think it's just it's fitting perfectly. I think it's matching up perfectly. Actually, this week's episode was a little lighter on the Bruce than usual. He did have some scenes, but uh I see, and I like it because I, I dig it. I think the show's fun, and I think Ben McKenzie is really good as as uh, as a young Gordon. He's so but... good. He's so pissed off. <laughs> he is. He's always pissed. But the impressive thing is fucking Donald Logue. Donald uh, Logue as fucking Harvey Bullock is the best thing about that show. It's really good. Like I, I think fucking, that... I love that guy. I've never seen him in anything where I didn't like him. Even if I didn't like the show, you'd like him. He's so fucking lovable. Yeah, he's and one of those guys. You like even as a dirtbag, like not a dirty cop, but a dirtbag cop. Like he's not really a bad guy, but he's got no problem taking a phone book to a suspect. Like yeah. he's got no problem with it if it's going to be the right thing at the end of the day. And I love the way he plays like that fine line of not quite a dirty cop, but a dirty cop. Okay, well let me ask you this. Spoilers, by the way, kids. You might as well turn this podcast off if you don't want to hear any. But tonight's episode, you're, you're, uh, you saw Monday's then, or Wait. yesterday's episode, yes? Wait, of Gotham? Yes. No, I missed Monday's because I, I always catch that on the, the okay. website, but okay. I haven't watched it yet. I'm not going to spoil it for you then, but there is something that happens at this episode that kind of really opens things up with, uh, with Bullock and uh, really, really makes you 
be like, oh, there's a lot more going on there than you even realize. So I won't spoil nice. it for you. But yeah, well, I was, if it, you want to talk about it, go ahead because that's not a show that like I'm not going to flip out if it gets spoiled for me. Well, it just shows that there's a little more going on between him and Fish than we realize. Oh, With, nice! Like an yeah. actual relationship. Well, y- yes. And no, like it's hard to because it wasn't flat laid out that way, but there is a kiss. Oh, nice! And it's hard to tell if that kiss is a we're tight and have a really long history. I love you, kiss, or if it's is there something presently going on, kiss? Do you know what or I mean? Bounce chicken down now, kiss. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 yeah. It, I I can see where they can yeah they can ride that line. Like they obviously have a relationship and they have a long lasting, close, tight relationship. Whether they're actually doing the kachang chang or not is is a little up in the air. But there's that alone opens it up to being like okay, there's more reasons behind Harvey doing different things now. He's got more uh, combative reasons for being on the good or bad side of things, and it just opened him up as more of a dimensional character you know what i mean nice yeah it was really really cool to see and and just like you say like ben mckenzie i can't get enough of how fucking pissed off that guy is like and i do dig um jada pinkett smith as fish she's great she is cool seeing her as a crime lord that, no matter uh, how much i dislike her children she's a great actress she's really like we talked about this early on i think you're actually i think the one who might have put it in my head but she's very eartha kit oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah that's it She's the, um, she's that woman of power that doesn't really need to sh- yeah. show it in every scene, but yet she knows she's in control of every room she's in, and everybody in that room, other than Falcone, understands it. Wait, is it Falcone or the other crime boss? Whichever one that's her boss, like that's the only guy who's yeah. not intimidated by her, which is kind of cool. Yeah, every Falcone. other dude that steps in a room with her realizes that she's in control of that room. Which is it's really cool how she pulls it off because at no point does she is she overbearing or fucking like trying to act all big. It's like she just has the presence of a fucking crime lord. It, oh. It's crazy the way she does it as an actress. Dude, you're gonna love this latest episode. That's <laughs> one thing though about Gotham is it, every episode improves on the last. It still gets better and better and better, and it's just like a powerhouse. I also do enjoy it partly because I think it's the most mature of the shows going on. I think nice. it's it's uh it's the simplest as far as it's like a crime drama. Uh, I don't know. I think Flash might beat you for the simplest show. Well, Flash is is yes, Flash is simple in the way that I mean it's fun, but Flash is also flashy. Like I bought a lot of big sci-fi and powers and this. And oh that. yeah, it's powers, but yeah, as far if as you're talking sh- simple show, I, I think I think villain of the week, and that's the simplest show there is. And Flash is the best villain of the week show there is right now. Because it is almost a villain every fucking week, which yeah, is no, awesome. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, it's definitely big and over the top. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah, it's the other way. I'm I'm just saying it's a it's a it, there's not a lot of sci-fi Big Bang going on. Like there is a little bit in Gotham, but yeah, they, even they don't... the last episode is freaking um who is it? The guy that played the Swede on hell on wheels with him as the doctor in the last episode where he's electrocuting everybody like that was great and that was like almost a batman level villain but at the same time it wasn't over the top it wasn't big and flashy he wasn't wearing lightning bolts like him and his henchmen were both just wearing head-to-toe rubber so they wouldn't get (laughs) killed like it just it made sense well it's a show of adults right like it's one thing that really sets it apart is the cast is mainly adults where the cw shows are a little more Oh yeah, you know. they're definitely late twenties. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, the and Gotham, it's you have the two kids, 
because you have your Bruce and your Catwoman. You have Selina. Well, three, I guess, because you have Ivy. She's popped in there a couple times. Yeah. But for the main cast, yeah, you have two children, and then you have the rest of the cast is a bunch of full-grown adults, except, well, maybe Ben McKenzie. He still looks pretty fucking young. He could pop up on a CW show, and I don't think anybody would bat an eye. Yeah, but he's just pretty. <laughs> but I think he is probably around our age. He's got to be at least in his 30s, I'm thinking. And he's getting close, yeah. Because I think, yeah, he's probably at least mid-30s at this point. He is still, yeah, he's just a young-looking fucker. Mm-hmm. It's also, it probably helps the, you know, the almost military high and tight haircut that he has this Gordon. (laughs) So, you know, it kind of makes him look like he's still in that transition from going from the military back into civilian life, while at the same time he's, uh, you know, a police officer, so he always wants to look trim and clean and ready for the job. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, do you think they'll ever bring in the stash? I don't know. I think it's one of those things where, like, it's a question of, like, this guy, Gotham last three seasons, or does Gotham last ten seasons? If it lasts like, ten seasons, I bet you the last episode it, has a flash forward where he's probably. stashed up yeah. and he talks to Batman, and that's if, the if end. If they of can the do, show. yeah, if they can do like ten years, and then like you get your Smallville scene where it's like this is when the shit ends because we know the story from this point forward. It's Gordon and fucking Batman. I could see either, yeah, they do a flash forward, or you know maybe we get that last series finale. Where fucking if Ben McKenzie can grow a mustache, I don't know if he can. <laughs> but I mean, because you can't just grow a stash. Like you have to grow a powerful fucking stash if you're oh, gonna yeah. be fuck Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Like it's it's you know it's fucking um. I'm trying to think of what other character. Like I mean, it's like a Tom Selleck type stash. Like oh, it's, it's gotta, gotta have be some a Gary power. Oldman level stash. It yeah, has I to mean, be. Oldman had a wicked stash. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, Oldman loses himself in every character. Did it's you just, see, there's no uh, way he Mc- probably. Probably he would have done like Propecia on his upper lip if he needed to just to grow that stash. Because that dude will do anything for a role. He's fucking amazing. He can just convince his genes to do what he needs them I to do. Wouldn't doubt it, man. Like literally, go watch, um, like go watch any of the Nolan Batman's, and then after that, watch True Romance, and then right after that, go watch The Fifth Element. You, you can't tell me that's the same person yeah. it's fucking amazing what that dude does when he dives into a role oh, he's yeah. fucking crazy <laughs> yeah. it's incredible it's it's totally it's not so shit did you see ben mckenzie at halloween though no he was old gordon for halloween oh no way it he dressed was, up as old commissioner brilliant. gordon for halloween yeah he uh you can, i'm sure you can find a picture on the internet i've I'm seen it it doesn't now. <laughs> he's got this horribly big mustache on <laughs> and he's all grayed out his hair with a big gray mustache, and he's just wearing his clothes from Gotham. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, dude, it's brilliant. I thought it was the best Halloween of the year, for sure. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah, there's bad images on the internet of him. as yeah, It's just Ben McKenzie Halloween, and bam, it's that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, he, I don't know. He looks he looks more like a, like a cartoon version, almost, with the way the, sil- the silver is poured into the hair. Yeah, yeah. The stash isn't bad. It looks a little lopsided, but that's probably the cool <laughs> It's amazing. The ones who get into it and become these fan favorites, it's so much fun to go along with them, you know? It really is. Like oh, the, hell yeah. Ben McKenzie doing that, just amazing. And uh, Well, dude, if you want to talk fan favorites, I mean, we talked about it on ATGN this weekend, but do you want to talk about the Super Bowl bet? Oh, yeah, we can definitely talk about the Super Bowl I, bet. But before I get uh, forget, I just wanted to also make the comparison uh, I thought of while we were just talking there. I find Constantine to be very in-between say Gotham and Arrow. I think it's got a lot of elements of the two that, and it mixes them together where it's more adult, but it's more fun. Cause he's so punk rock. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
So and it's it's very well done. I do like the writing. I liked it um because a lot of people were giving it the complaint of it, it being like the Doctor Who thing where like the building's bigger on the inside. He had the little the what is it a magic card that he flashed at somebody that turned into whatever he needed. <laughs> it's like oh he has fucking like it's you know it's an American version of Doctor Who and they did that for a couple episodes and from what I've seen since then they really got away from that. And so I I don't, I don't know if it was maybe the writers thinking that as well like wait a second. We just wrote an episode of Doctor Who, but we put Constantine in it. We need to <laughs> knock this shit off. And so, so I, I thought it was weird because I caught up and I watched like six episodes in a row. And it was cool to see, like, I saw what everybody was complaining about. And then for four episodes in a row, you didn't see that at all. It's like, okay, so they're aware that they were kind of hitting on that button a little bit and they pulled back. So, yeah, it's it's awesome to see that the writers are moving with that show and just they're doing a fantastic job. That last two-parter was fucking awesome. I think they did. And the that. special effects they get on a slightly low budget are have been really oh, good too. Oh yeah, they're pulling it off great. I think they. I, I think people they are messing with shows more as they go. I think they Gotham kind of pulled away from the uh, Barbara lesbian thing because of how much negative feedback. Like that's the only negative thing anybody had to say because, you know. Why? Like, where? Do, why? Yeah, did, that. You know, when they're like, oh, we, you know, we're having, you know, the live action version of Detective Montoya, which was awesome. Another one of the characters that made it from, you know, the comic book or the cartoon into the comics and now into the live action. Yep. And you know, Renoia Montoya is a badass character. Now she's the question, or actually, with DC New Fifty Two, I don't even know if she is the question or not. I haven't. I don't know where she is in that world. But at one point, she was the question, and. I'm, I mean, just a badass character, and like all of a sudden, it's like, oh, she's the one. She's Barbara's ex-lover. It's like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why does everything have to be connected? It's like, I, I finally watched uh, the new Ninja Turtles this weekend. I refused to buy it or pay for it, so a friend at work <laughs> bought it for a kid, let me borrow it so I could finally watch it. And it's like, oh, it, it just you know, spoilers. The the turtles are safe in the lab, but it can't just be the turtles are safe. The turtles are safe in the lab where April O'Neil's dad works, and April's the one that saves them. Because oh, she named them be- even right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and she named it. It's like, oh, everything has to be completely connected, or the, the audience just won't know what's going on. It's like, no, you you're talking to your audience like they're fucking four years old. I which, agree. In a way, I, you know, I had a little trouble, but I, you know, I got it. With the new Ninja Turtles movie, they were talking to an audience that was four to eight years old. That was really who that uh, that movie was aimed at. And I watched it three times this week, and the first time I fucking hated it because <laughs> uh, all I was doing was just picking it apart and everything that was wrong with it. And then Sunday, I sat back down and I just had a beer and I just watched it to enjoy it. I was like, you know, fucking Mikey's funny. The guy that got playing Raph, which is fucking Aquaman from Smallville. When I watched the bonus features, I realized that. Yeah. And then, um, like he was, you know, totally badass. The kid playing Leo was really good. Um, the, the, Leo was, was little... uh, Johnny Knoxville. No. The he voice. The voice, okay. the The kid looked a little like him, but no, it was it wasn't Knoxville because I watched the special features and they had all four actors with the the like the dots on their faces and the HD cameras for how they did the yeah yeah uh, the actors the didn't do their own voices though, which is unfortunate because they were all fine actors and they should have let them. But yeah, Knoxville was Leonardo. Was it Knoxville was Leo? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, it was when I rewatched it and just kind of like didn't try to pick apart the script because the script you could drive a fucking Mack truck through, but. <laughs> The movie itself, like if you watch it with the eyes of a kid that doesn't know anything about the turtles previously, it is a really fun movie. I which, thought so. Yeah, you know, I, went I have in to with say that it's attitude. pretty impressive for Platinum Dunes because usually they just shit on remakes. And I mean, fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth. It's like, okay, 
could you guys please not fuck up something else? Like, go write your original shit. No. Michael <laughs> Bay's studio is here to buy your childhood and do it their way. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, it's a weird thing with the reboot. We're in such a mode of strange reboots and remakes. I mean, even today uh, announced the official cast for the new Ghostbusters. Yeah, that was official, and then they made uh, the the rumors apparently more rumorific that uh, we might get uh, Mr. At Pratt Pratt, Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones. Apparently, Which... they said what 20th Century Fox is actually looking at him now, Anthony and in Indiana Jones. How long have we been doing this show? Almost three years. You've been doing your show, three yeah. years, yeah, three years. <laughs> you've been listening and coming on this fucking yeah. show. Yep, and I have said how many times in the past that that is a role that needs to be treated like goddamn James Bond and recast. Very true. Yeah, you were you were on that one like a motherfucker. And well, yeah, I yeah. was I just happened to be one of the people that caught the the rumor as soon as somebody mentioned it cuz I guess they mentioned it in a in an interview with Chris Pratt when he did Guardians of the Galaxy, he was the same age that Harrison Ford was when he did Star Wars. And all, all he did was just go, oh, "Ooh, that's interesting." And then now they're yeah. talking about having him as Indy. Like, yeah. could could you not love life more if you're a guy in Hollywood and they're like, oh, would you like to follow Harrison Ford's career plan? Because we could do that for you. Oh, well, thank you very fucking much. I'll yeah. take my $2 billion and go home now. <laughs> it's like, oh, like that's like someone handed you the keys of the fucking kingdom. That's amazing. Well, I'm glad he came along because he is – I do think he's great for it. I Because uh, remember we were – when I talked in the past, it was, it was a little harder to come up with someone because – he hadn't really come onto the scene yet, and uh, well, that and all he was—he was the chubby guy from Parks and yeah. Rec. Yeah, my first pick had been McConaughey. I thought McConaughey could have done a pretty good indie. Well, which he kind of did with what was it, Sahara? Yeah, the because that was a Dirk Pitt novel, which is you know like a James Bond type character, a little a little more Indiana Jones. And so, like I, the way I understand the Dirk Pitt novels, they're kind of in between that. Like, there's some espionage stuff mixed in with the archaeology stuff. Okay, I didn't but know that I don't was th- like I don't a think series. Sahara did very I don't think it did very well. No, which I Which is why no I don't think you like saw I don't think you saw McConaughey doing more films like that is because right. that one didn't do, do very well. Especially nowadays like he's still like he's really proven himself in the past few years. But I can easily let that go aside for Pratt cuz Pratt there's that's kind of a no-brainer. It really is. Oh yeah. And I, yeah, um, we we do have to talk about the Super Bowl bet though. How is that not the coolest fucking thing ever? It is the coolest thing ever <laughs> and I'm interested to see how it turns out because I have always been on the fence with Chris Evans. Oh, yeah? I either am in love with this dude or he pisses me right off. (laughs) And At what point was he pissing you off? Because, well, he was kind of pissing me off when he was talking a bit there, uh, not really talking down on Marvel, but kind of made it, he just said a few things that made it seem like just a job, kind of, I don't know. Well, I think that was at the point where he wasn't sure he wanted to be Captain America anymore. And mm. for the sheer size that he's put on and, like, embodying a character that's that big, I can kind of understand it. It's like stepping in the Batman role. Like, at this point, like, most people don't ever – don't even remember him as Johnny Storm, much less fucking, you know, the the hacker from the DC Comics Vertigo comic Losers. Like, I remember him from all – all that shit. Right. But, you know, 98% of people that see him in public now look at him and say, that's fucking Captain America. And, like, that's got to be kind of a hard thing to be that typecast as an actor. I don't know. He's just, he said things in the past that kind of at, at times have been like, you're kind of high on yourself, bud. But then he 
always gives such fun performances, you can't help but like him in his roles. Oh, I love him. Dude, I mean, um, it was one of those things, like, because, I mean, looking at him specifically for casting for Marvel movies, like, when they said the pudgy guy from Parks and Rec was going to be Star-Lord, I thought, no fucking way, but it's Marvel, let's see what happens, because... At the you know at this point really they haven't had a bad casting yet like every fucking movie that Marvel Studios has casted has been amazing and then when they said Chris Evans the kid from you know not another teen movie was going to be Johnny Storm I'm like eh maybe and you know I wasn't really in you know enthused with him in that role but literally like watching the first movie he was hilarious and then the second movie when he's on the rooftop for the wedding and he goes to dive off the building you know, like, and Reed's telling him, like, to follow the Silver Surfer, and he looks at him, and he looks at his suit, and he's like, but it's Dolce. Yeah. Like, that was fucking Johnny Storm. Oh, that yeah. was, he's like, I, I want to be a superhero, but I don't want to ruin this tux, man. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> like, that was so perfectly Johnny Storm in my head. Like, I was like, that's great. And then they went from that to said, oh, he's going to be Captain America. Like, how the fucking the smarmy kid yeah. that's the perfect Johnny Storm be Captain America? He's always was smarmy. And, he was always that guy. He always kind yeah. of played that niche. And that was, I remember when that happened, and everybody could not accept it. Definitely agree. Marvel's probably, that was a bigger risk than making all of Guardians of the Galaxy, I think. I think probably, yeah. ca that casting was a huge risk. Obviously turned out fantastic, yeah. but also... Especially since he'd already been a Marvel character, not just a comic yeah. book character. He was a Marvel character, and they gave yeah. him a different Marvel character to play as. That's and that crazy. was before the times when things were still tight, and we didn't realize how much this was going to explode and go all over the place. Oh, you know? definitely, so, too, yeah. But Doing it was also a physical, movie. right? It was also a physical metamorphosis. Like, oh, definitely, yeah. I he never thought he could have got, got what, that jet. 40 pounds? And yeah. then, I mean, literally, it was so weird because, yeah, they, they you know put a little lightener in his hair and comb it 1940s style. You're like, oh, my God, he looks like a kid from World War II. Like, yeah. what the fuck happened? I'm like, glad they blonded the him up at least. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they did blonde him up a little bit. But, yeah, just the way he transformed his body physically to be Cap. And then, you know, just the hairdo itself was really all they needed to make him, you know, embody that, that the, the, yeah. the character from those days. And he just he played it so damn well. He is, like, yeah. he's the kid from the Bronx now. Like, remember he's nobody special. <laughs> remember how important <laughs> hair used to be? Like, there mm -hmm. was a time I would have never accepted a, a Flash with brown hair. <laughs> there was. There was a time I would have never, ever accepted that. No matter how good he was, no matter how likable, I would have just been like, it's wrong. I and think this all kid's that... the perfect Flash. Like, yeah. oh, Grant, Grant Gustin's amazing. Amazing. I fucking amazing. love him. And yeah. honestly, like, I was one of those people that, like, when people were talking about, like, casting an uh, X-Men movie, it's like, we need Glenn Danzig as Wolverine. Because he, he's five foot three and he's 280 pounds of muscle and he's covered in hair. And he would be perfect. It's like, well, yeah, but maybe he can't act. And I think all those, like, the actor needs to be blonde or they need to be this body size. or I think all that went out the window when we got fucking Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. It's like, okay, how the fuck is Wolverine taller than Cyclops? Yeah. In the yeah. comics, Cyclops is 6'3", Wolverine is 5'8". And we got Wolverine looking down at James Marsden. 5'8", that sounds a little tall. Or... Five three, I can't remember. He's, I think he's, yeah, he's the little fucking runt from Canada. Yeah, but yeah, and Cyclops <laughs> is supposed to be this giant fucking alpha male physically. Yeah, and yeah, just towers over Wolverine. And yeah. in the movies, it was the exact opposite. And yet, fucking Hugh Jackman is perfect. He's, well, this can segue into something he's, oh, also he's so that good got as Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna just totally 
glaze over what you just said and move mm-hmm. on. <laughs> you know, I think the original guy actually would have been better. What's uh, what was the Doug guy? Doug Gray Scott, are you fucking yeah. kidding yeah. me? Yeah. The prince from Ever After, the shitty villain from Mission Impossible 1, really? As fucking Wolverine? <laughs> I don't buy it. I The best thing Tom Cruise ever did was break Doug, Doug Gray Scott's arm so he couldn't be fucking Wolverine and we got Hugh Jackman. It would have been interesting. But this was it also... It definitely would have been different. I don't know if it would have been good, but it definitely would have been different. I think the biggest changeover of all of many characters we've ever seen is going to be, as kind of pertained to today, Aquaman. Because Jason Momoa oh, was definitely. talking today about... I don't know if it was today, but the news was out today. And they were uh, some, he was at somewhere doing a panel or something, and they were asking him uh, you know, about Aquaman and stuff. And he pretty much said, I don't think I'll be dyeing my hair blonde for this one. <laughs> nice. So, um, well, yeah, and it just it doesn't. I don't think it would work. And whoever said you know Atlanteans had to be blonde anyways. Well, here's the thing. Nam- he kind of Namor's did... a brunette. Oh, true. This is <laughs> this is where he came with uh, with with a lot of information that was surprising. Like he's known a long time that he had this role, and he could have just he could not say a fucking thing. And nice. He said he said a little things like offhanded, like uh, there's things about him that made him perfect for what they were going with for with the role so that leads me to think that it's going to be very kind of pompeii samoan kind of influenced i think we're going to get a very like uh you know like pacific hippie type (laughs) warrior aquaman do you know what i mean i could see it yeah because i mean i i finally watched some what was it bullet to the head which not a great movie, but a fight sequence with Jason Momoa and Rocky was kind of cool. So I wanted to eventually see it. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those, like, just him swinging a weapon around. Like, just watch that movie and replace the axe with the trident. Like, it would fucking work. I thought he was a great Conan. I know I don't think the movie was great, but I thought he oh, yeah. was great. I thought the, he did a The movie fine was bad, job. but he did a pretty good job. Yeah, I didn't think he was bad at all. I think he'll be... A fine king of Atlanta. But yeah, that's definitely the way they're probably going to go. He's going to be more armed. I bet you he's he's very similar to kind of how they go with Diana. Like, you know, how they kind of 300 or 300 and yeah, her up it's a somewhere, bit. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be much more like the ancient armor look brought into the modern era over, like, uh, any type of spandexy or superhero look. Yeah. Now, I don't think Wonder Woman or Aquaman are going to look like superheroes like comic book style at all. Yeah. I think basically soups is going to be the only one that looks like a, a comic book superhero because he's the big, you know, the big boy scout in, you know, the bright city in front of everybody. You're going to have Batman who's just head to toe dark. Cause he's in the shadows yeah. and you're going to have a King and a warrior princess that are both just representatives of their culture that aren't necessarily wearing anything to look a certain way in public. Exactly. They're going to be wearing their battle armor. Yeah, totally. Totally. There's, I mean, where they're going with the rumors, what I've heard about this plot, and uh, I think it's really daring that they're not going in any kind of comic book. As much as it seems like it's based so much like on The Dark Knight and stuff, I think it's going to be surprisingly far away from it when it comes down to actual plot. One of the most interesting things I've heard is that uh, Superman actually gets like taken over, like brainwashed. Like Brainiac or someone through Lex is able to actually take him over, and that's why Batman's got to stop him. 
That's possible. Because yeah, they had the red glowing eye scene. Yeah, which is a completely different motivation for the fight, but no reason it can't look exactly like the Dark Knight, right? So I think. Well, that's and it would make sense with. too. Yeah, because it would also make sense coming off of the Man of Steel. There, like, there's no way you could transition from that movie into a second film where now Clark is working for the government. That wouldn't work. Yeah. Like, at the end of Man of Steel, he's blowing up the drones because he doesn't want the military to know where he lives. Yeah, yeah. Like, at that point, he's still hiding, you know, parts of himself from the government and the military in particular. So if you went from that to the actual Dark Knight storyline where, you know, basically Ronald Reagan sends Superman into into Gotham to kick Batman's ass, like, that, that story doesn't mesh. You couldn't run one into the next. It wouldn't yeah. work. Yeah. But yeah, a, a brainwashed uh, Superman, that makes sense. Because then Batman's uh, standing there next to Luther going, this is what we were worried of. Right. This is what we were afraid of. Yeah. Like, apparently Batman is already retired because Jason Todd got killed. And Oh, is that the idea? Yeah, that is nice. one thing I've heard. So he's already in retirement. Jason Todd has been killed. Um, and I don't. a lot of people are starting to say that uh, they don't think that girl's actually going to be Kitty Kelly. Like the like, like she, she won't be Robin. Yeah, like there might not actually be a female Robin in this movie. Like rumor mills just like fucking all over the place with this goddamn movie. Like there's so oh, yeah. there's so many things. <laughs> but I love that. I think movies are officially becoming comics, and we're just going through an adjustment period where we have to start to understand that there's going to be room for everything. There's going to be room for everybody's vision. So people can't get so uptight about just one movie. We're not any longer <laughs> living in the world where you're only going to get one Batman movie and only one shot at this Batman movie. So everybody wants it to be perfect. Well, well in one way I would have to disagree with you because sadly, I think the, the popularity of the Marvel cinematic universe is leading to the destruction of, of the Marvel Comics universe and the Marvel Ultimate Comics universe True. in Secret Wars, and we're going to end up with just one universe. Yeah. So there isn't a room for everybody's stories anymore. <laughs> I think it's – no, I mean more along the lines of like, uh, for example, take your three Batman titles. So you could have Batman every week or month that he comes out looking completely different because of a completely different artist, say, drawing him. Yeah. So why can't you have all these different iterations of these movies where yeah, different people in the movie are franchises making it look like you know? I think it's going to be good for Marvel to solidify. It worked for DC. I think it's going to help. But I think eventually, if I like, I know it's it's quick and easier for me because I've already lost my X Men because that's been destroyed for me. And the Marvel thing, I was never super huge Marvel kid anyways, other than the X Men. So. I'm kind of over it, you know, like there's nothing like I'm really excited about Avengers 2. And beyond that, nothing they're coming out with has got me excited. I have Marvel's on my cell phone one, and I've been reading them since number one. I'm scared to death of what they're going to do with the Ultimate Universe characters, like mixing them into the Secret Wars. It's going to be a different thing. People are going to have to get used to it, you know, but I'm not excited for Black Panther or Ant-Man or fucking that shit. I'm just not <laughs> like... There was never... uh, see, I'm excited for Black Panther with that actor that they got doing. doing I'm sure the role. it'll be great. He's, you he's know? fucking awesome. I'm sure they're going to continue their fine like quality as far as movies, but just as far as topic wise, like I was far more excited when I heard today that Guillermo, uh, Guillermo del Toro is still heavily involved with Justice League Dark. 
So that one just sounds like the the spin factory. It's the movie that'll never happen at this point. It's like they've been talking about that for so fucking long. Moving along though, it's uh, it's apparently he's still involved. It's still happening. He's uh, oh, and if Guillermo does it, like I'll be fucking right in line to see it because I love that guy's film. So yeah, and he actually said this week that he is in fact very very open to that dude from the show playing Constantine. Because nice. he's such a fan. He says he loves the show. He thinks that guy's awesome. And he's not saying, like, he wants him, but he's saying he'd definitely be open to considering it. I so. see. That would be so messed up, too, because DC has gone so far to separate, like, the CW shows from the movie universe and stating flat out that there'll be no connection. Well, they're It'd be too, hilarious yeah. if after all that they connected just the one TV show. I like, think... if only Constantine existed in the world of Batman and Superman, but Arrow and the Flash didn't, yeah. how strange would that be? It would be strange. It would be <laughs> strange. Because, I mean, all these different networks and everything going crazy. Yeah, it's... And, and for them, yeah, specifically with all the different networks, it's, I mean, it's weird because, you know, Time Warner owns all those properties, but at the same time, they've got, you know, a show on Fox, they've got, you know, a show on NBC. They're coming out with another show. What CBS is getting Supergirl? An like X-Men. their stuff's all over the place. Now they're talking about an X Men TV show. Yeah, I mean because yeah, and that's you know, wait no, that's 20th Century Fox. Does Time Warner own 20th Century Fox? No. No, because yeah, 20th Century Fox. Yeah, it's talking about doing a TV show, but that's Marvel properties, which Marvel would like back. But at this point, they'll probably never get them because well, as they as only they have money. They only them. actually have film rights, so if. Fox does want to do a TV show. They've got to kind of work a deal out with Marvel because they they only have exclusive Is film it just rights. The film? It's just the films. So if they want to get into TV, they're going to have to work something out. <laughs> you know, they're going to have to sign a uh, a fucking contract with Marvel that says after a certain amount of time they get their X Men movie. Yeah, well, I think it works. Because I'll too bet you Marvel's with... not moving forward without that. No, no, definitely not. And I think Marvel fits itself better on TV too. Uh, there's a certain uh, is a certain thing like that's the one unfortunate thing about all this Marvel franchiseness, and we saw it implode in the Edgar Wright situation, is that they do want such a formula now. Everything's got to yeah. be made exactly the way that the first Iron Man was made, and they're kind of yeah, kind of yeah, stuck a in that track record. And yeah, they're they're yeah. in a lot of ways they're sticking to it exactly. Where I think in DC, I don't think these DC shows just they just won't match up. Like, when we get the visual spectacle, as they're calling it, that's going to be Batman versus Superman, I just don't think... Not saying those actors couldn't handle it. I definitely think they could. But I just don't think it's going to be even on the same level. Like, I don't think you could see them mixing, almost, you know? Yeah, like, the Grant Gustin Flash probably wouldn't be able to stand on screen with the Ben Affleck Batman and the Henry Cavill Superman and make it look... Like they're the part of the same world. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, like just uh, it's it's a whole different mindset. Like you know, I'm I'm like I'm, this guy. What I can't remember his name is playing the Flash in the movie, but uh, he's a fairly it's young a, guy a, himself. Ezra too. Miller, I think. Yeah, he's a fairly young dude himself too. So it was funny because yeah, I saw some big article about how was someone talking about. They wrote an article about how he felt when he became the Flash. It's like you know, Grant Gustin is the Flash. This is a guy who's been told you're gonna be the Flash in a movie. He's not the fucking Flash yet. No, no, no. And he, unfortunately, because of this fucking gangbuster performance coming out of Grant, 
has a lot to live up to. Oh, hell yeah. Like, this yeah, I mean, is, people love this fucking guy, and if they ever want to put another yeah, Green Arrow Bat in a movie, Fleck, good luck. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, think... nobody loves... Stephen Amell is the king of social media. Yeah, they love if him. If they were to put a Green Arrow in the Justice League movie, that's the worst thing they could possibly do if I, they don't bring him aboard. I because... think they'd have to go older. Yeah, they'd, think, they'd have to go yeah. pirate mustache and beard. Just... just to set him apart. Because, <laughs> awesome. yeah, it couldn't be, like, yeah, it couldn't be a young Oliver Queen and not be Stephen Amell. Yeah. It's, it's going to be bad enough that we're going to see probably, well, and I'm thinking, too, that what we might get is we probably won't get Barry Allen. I'm thinking that Ezra Miller, no matter what they say, is actually going to show up and he's going to be Wally West. You think that's what they'll do? Oh, I think they'll go with the nephew. So that there's even less comparison to the TV show. That'd so be a we'll, smart get a, idea. we'll get a, a younger version of the Flash. We'll get you know probably a brighter suit that looks a little more spandexy, maybe a little less leather. I think and it'll darker. Be, it'll be the uh, the nephew. It'll be be the the fun time Flash and not the more serious scientist Flash. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be nuts. How are they gonna make fucking Shazam look on screen? Eh? Oh my god. Oh, who cares? Well, well, speaking of, he's gonna be standing across from the Rock, so he loses. <laughs> Whoever the fuck's playing Shazam, I'm sorry. But it's going to be tough. Who are they going to match up yeah. to The Rock on screen? That's not going to be I, easy, man. <laughs> at this point, I can't picture an actor that can play like the golden heart of Billy Batson. Because it has to be someone that can embody yeah. like childhood innocence, but be six foot six, 300 pounds. So hard. Like, that, yeah, that's it's a hell of a role to fill, yeah. and you're going to be standing across the screen from the fucking rock in the role he was born to play, fucking Black <laughs> Adam. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry, whoever is whoever is Captain Marvel, you suck. You already <laughs> suck. You just suck. Come you're on the now. Big, you're Give the big chance. cheese. You're the big cheese, and I hope Black Adam beat your ass because uh... I can't wait to see the rock just. Lying around rock and love. Oh, dude, he's gonna be so fucking good. Oh, he's gonna be good. Uh, he will be good. He will be good. I hope he gets quite fucking evil. I hope he gets his fucking evil on. You know. Oh yeah, and I mean, after he just got as like as big as he possibly could to play fucking Hercules. Yeah. Like right now, he's like the largest I think the Rock's ever been, and he's just gonna keep yeah, just getting <laughs> bigger and meaner. It's gonna be awesome. Um, the Fantastic Four trailer released today. Indeed. Uh, what do you think? Um, other than, okay, I must say it this way: other than the announcement that Michael B. Jordan was going to be in the movie, every other announcement that they've made about the Fantastic Four has disappointed me and made me not want to see the film until today. Really? That trailer? It's it's uh, it's weird because I'm looking at it and I'm seeing because we all knew we weren't going to get the Fox. You know, the last one, the cartoony, fairly comic booky, the superhero outfits. Like they said, all that was going out the window. Right. And so, you know, I was figuring, you know what? They're going to go like the Christopher Nolan route. They're going to try to ground it, make it more realistic. Yeah. You know, they're going to be space adventurers, which when you really go back to the comics, that's what the FF were. They would, they, you know, they had the Challengers of the Unknown in DC and they had the FF in Marvel. Like they're, you know, scientists and explorers. They're, they're adventurers. Yeah. So they're not necessarily like the ff were never really superheroes they just happen to be a family that has superpowers and shit happens to them but you know they're scientific explorers you know in the way that like you know the avengers go out and save the world the ff just happened to be there when the universe needs saving 
all the time, but like they don't <laughs> go out looking for trouble. Yeah. But yeah, it's something where I don't know. I just like Miles Teller. I still I'm having a trouble looking at him and seeing the world's smartest man, just because I've seen him play the dumb friend in so many films already. Very I mean, true. the kid's only done like eight movies, and, and in four of them, he's the dumb friend. <laughs> I really thought he would have been great as Ben Grimm. The fact that they got the little kid, the little dancing kid from whatever the movie was, is is going to be Ben Grimm. I guess you know once he gets big, it won't matter because you're just looking at a rock suit. Yeah. But yeah, I'm 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 super excited for Michael B. Jordan, and I'm I'm not stoked on the outfits yet. But that trailer showed me you know a, a badass. What was it? Josh Track is uh, the guy that did Chronicle. Yeah, and he's the one that directed this. That's a badass Josh looking Trank. movie. Yeah, it's, Trank, uh... Yeah. It looks cool. Well, apparently Richards designs their suits in this one not so much to be suits, but to help them cope with the daily struggles of their pow- their powers. Yeah, because I think they actually call them containment suits. They're not superhero outfits. Yeah, like he's got apparently Richards has springs all along his arms that keep his like keep his body together, or else he'd like flop apart all the time. <laughs> so, Which should be kind of weird. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. I mean, Fantastic Four is the ultimate in superhero cheese. It's very, very hard to translate that. You know, like they all got cool powers. Yeah, see, and I don't but... think they're going that. Yeah, they're not. They're definitely not going that direction. They're going, yeah, a, a much more realistic direction. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we're gonna get a very different movie. You know what that, Arrow um, does? Kate, Kate Mara is just not that hot. I love her. Just I love her. So she's. She's oh. a fun actress, and I loved her in House of Cards. I think she's but Jessica beautiful. But Jessica Alba's fucking hot. Oh, I think she's beautiful. <laughs> I, just, I don't think Kate Mara's hot. <laughs> How about, uh, what was it, uh, Zoom? Um, oh, that superhero kid movie. Oh, my God, Professor Zoom. I forgot she was in Yeah, in with uh, Tim Allen. Yeah, I own it. <laughs> was it called Zoom? Was that the name of the movie? <laughs> Holy shit. I can't it remember. Was, I know uh, he was Zoom. Like the Academy for Super Youngsters or something. Because Sky High yeah, was, was the Summer other Jones, one. Yeah, Jones, Wonder. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, Sky High is with the kid from um, uh, Red State. Yeah, 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 Zoom. Yeah. Oh, Red State. Makes me think about Kevin Smith. Oh, boy. <laughs> March 22nd. Sorry, March 21st, 2015. Hollywood Babylon, the greatest podcast ever known to man, shall be celebrating its 200th episode right here in, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Lucky fucker. <laughs> Talk about, I still haven't seen them live. Oh, dreams come true. Are you kidding? This podcast has been the reason that Mondays are my favorite day of the week for years. <laughs> If there's no Hollywood Babylon on Monday, I get like that. My my week is ruined. Like, <laughs> it really is the tipping point. That's how it's easily the most entertainment I get out of anything is listening to that show. Yeah, I fucking love it. It's oh. it's it's the funnest podcast I live, listen to all yeah. week. So that's for sure. I got to score tickets and hopefully it doesn't sell out. And even if it does, I'll go eBay if I have to. I will be at that show. <laughs> So it's a fairly I, I would, big theater. I would, I would be on the website because yeah, if you have to go eBay, it's going to cost you, man. It's a oh. fairly big theater, so nice. I should be able to score them in the next uh, couple of days, and it should be well. But uh, and no matter how much we love them, it is still Kevin Smith. So like, 
he has his fans everywhere, but it's a, it's still a small group of us. <laughs> oh yeah, like I'll still get to hear the show for free. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'll, I'll bet cool. you'll be able to get tickets day one. Yeah, super super cool that that's happening, and I'm just I'm just fucking thrilled. Um, nice. You know what Arrow does? I was gonna say. What? Arrow makes me want an Arrow movie and a Batman TV show. Nice. Like, see, I, I was just thinking you were talking about Marvel being better for TV. I'm thinking I want to see if you want to see if you want to show me a CW show with an angsty teenager. Where's the fucking Peter Parker Spider-Man TV show? There's your fucking villain. That's expensive, show. man. I bet you that's pure oh. price. You know how pricey it would be that much CGI to pull off Spider-Man Weekly? <laughs> Ow, you, you do it like the old school 70s show, man. You shoot one sequence of him swinging and you just reuse the shit out of it. Oh, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps swinging by the same building. <laughs> exactly. You take you take four shots of him swinging down one street, and you flip it. You and turn when, it around. Yeah, when his head's you talking, the color coding on it. It's, yeah. yeah, his head's a different color when it's talking. You, yeah, you just do it like you're know, the old school '70s show, and you just reuse the fuck out of some old film. But I mean, yeah, like there's your angsty teenager, like just prime for a television show. Fucking Marvel's Spider-Man, like the 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 kid that can't pay the rent. Like there's your fucking angsty teenager. Oh my god, the emo kids would love him. Yeah. You do a whole season in the black suit, like it'd be awesome. I think uh, I think part of the six one six and Ultimates coming together. I think we can say goodbye to Peter Parker. Really? I think, I think I think Miles is going to be the Spider Man. I think they're really going to push that as the Spider Man. I think Peter I Parker's think time has come. Your Spider Man proved that that's not even possible. You cannot have a sustained Spider Man universe that's not based around Peter Parker. Uh. I don't know, man. Like think, a lot of the I kids these sadly, days, Miles is their Spider-Man. Like a lot of this new generation that grew up, you know. That's like forty kids. Like it's a small <laughs> number. For how cool Miles is, dude. I love I love Miles Morales. I like I said, I've been an Ultimate fan. I owned every single Ultimate comic from issue one to the current Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man. And I think Bendis. That's probably as much as I love Powers. I think fucking his run on Ultimate Spider-Man is probably his masterpiece because he. He not only gave us a new, unique twist on Peter Parker, he gave us a Peter Parker that died saving his aunt and was basically happy when he died because yeah. he knew he protected her and then replaced him with, you know, a dual minority kid in Manhattan who also just happens to be a super smart teenager who steps into a role that he's not ready for and tries it anyways and just created a, an amazing How did he get character. his powers? Fucking Miles is awesome. Uh, it was Bitten by the actually, he was bitten by the same spider. His uncle was the Prowler in the Ultimate Universe, and he had snuck into Oscorp building and stole some shit. And a spider, I can't remember if the spider either snuck into his bag or he stole one of the specimens. But Miles was at his uncle's house visiting, and the spider, the same spider that bit Peter, bit him. And Peter died in the Ultimate Universe and just always stayed dead, and that's how Miles became Spider-Man. Um, no, because <laughs> actually, uh, Peter just came back and so did norman osborne and the storyline at the moment is they're saying that anybody bitten with the oz formula is immortal now and so okay hold on is this going on in the whole spider-verse thing is this no this was an ultimate spider-man before the spider-verse stuff happened and they the spider-verse team showed up and grabbed miles and he joined the team because they were in a fight where fucking um yeah he was fighting norman because Norman came back and was resurrected, and then during his fight with Miles, fucking Peter Parker showed up again, 
and they realize that Peter wasn't dead either. And it's it's one of those things like they don't know if it's a clone or whatever, like it could be, but everybody like in the cast of characters, Mary Jane, Aunt May, everybody's like, Oh fuck, it's actually him, it's Peter. And Peter was acting like he woke up somewhere, didn't know where he was, and made it back to his house, and here's this new kid fighting fucking the goblin again so and, did they yeah, just uh drop all that storyline to go into spider-verse then that i don't know because i have the last issue i have of ultimate spider-man is literally them finishing the fight with norman putting him away peter says he's going to disappear and miles is going to stay spider-man and then um the, like a portal opens up and the spider team's there to grab miles and take him okay. and peter's already gone and so, yeah, at that point, Miles is part of the Spider-Verse stuff, and sadly, I'm like two fucking months behind on my comics, but I'm getting, I'm slowly getting caught up. But yeah, so Miles is running around with the Spider-Verse stuff, but yeah, it's one of those things where, like, he's a great character, I fucking love him, but I can't see the Marvel Universe without Peter Parker as Spider-Man. And with that being said, no matter how many different books they add with Silk and, you know, the new Gwen you know, Spider-Gwen, which is a, an awesome character design and a very cool character in her own right. Yeah. In her Spider-Man world, she's super fucking awesome. But they're, they're all secondary characters to Peter Parker as Spider-Man. He is straight up the Batman. No matter how cool Miles or any of the rest of them are, none of them can step up and take that spot, at least definitely not yet. Like, we had that point where Nightwing became Batman for a while. They did the Prodigal's Returns. But it wasn't the same book because we all knew if it's not Bruce Wayne, it's not fucking Batman. True. This, I think it's the same way at Marvel. If it's not Peter Parker, it ain't Spider-Man. No matter how cool the story is, because I loved Superior Spider-Man. I think Dan Slott's last 200 issues of Amazing through Superior yeah. and the new launch of Amazing is probably the best Spider-Man yeah. I've ever read outside of Ultimate Spider-Man. But of main universe, Peter, like... Those books are fucking fantastic. And I would have been happy with him doing Superior for another two to three years. You never would have thought you'd Peter. see a Marvel Universe without the X-Men in it, though, either. No. Whether no, cinematic or not. in the comics. And in the comics, yeah. you know they're going to push X-Men to the side, and Inhumans is going to be the new thing. Well, and they're yeah, and we also got Wolverine's dead. They just killed yeah. off. You know, the, the FF are doing their last story, supposedly. Like, they're, they're really fucking with shit. Yeah. But it's all leading to the Secret Wars, and the other upside of that, I mean, because there, there is some upside. It's going to be a great, you know, it looks like a great, crazy fucking fun story that we're going to get for the summer. And there is absolutely no telling what the fuck the Marvel Universe is going to look like on the other side. Yeah. Because yeah. it is going to be an amalgam of the two universes, supposedly. The only thing that I think is a little sad is I think what we're going to see is the Marvel Comics universe is going to mirror the movies like 98%. And I've that's heard the that thing they're that going to I... try not to, though. They said that... I hope not, because yeah. I think that would be really like limiting. It would, yeah, for sure. Of course because, it would. Because, yeah, the, the comics should never reflect the movies. Yeah. The movies are great, and I know they have this idea that, oh, if we get enough people to see the movies, they'll go read the comics. It's never going to fucking happen. Yeah. comic fans will go see the movies it doesn't work vice versa except one out of a hundred and so it's much better to let their writers and their artists just go nuts create amazing stories and amazing worlds and then you know the movie people can pick and choose what they want to use but if they start making the 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 if the marvel universe looks like the marvel cinematic universe after secret wars i'm gonna be really fucking sad yeah, it could be disappointing, man. It could be disappointing. Yeah. You know, I like that when uh, Marvel decides to do their reboot, DC's basically starting to bring in the old universe again. 
Yeah. <laughs> like convergence is starting and everything. Yeah. The only thing that the only constant is that everything changes in comics. If if there's a character you love that's dead, give it a minute, they'll be back. If there's a storyline you don't like, give it a minute, it'll be over. Yeah, like yeah. it's yeah. it's continuing soap operas that will never ever end because they're sequential stories with no, you know, no real beginning and end for the main universes and storylines. It's just it's a new version, a new take. Everything changes eventually. <laughs> Going to be interesting, man. I mean, I mean, even when the new 52 happened, like not as much as stuff changed. It wasn't like so crazy and abrupt that everything was so different. Well, see, you know? And that's like, the other thing. I, I kind of hope my my big hope for Marvel is that DC made such a big deal out of their huge reboot. And then Marvel did the Marvel now, which wasn't a reboot at all. Like they're just like, we're going to change a couple things and renumber stuff. We're just trying to get people in, which basically all Marvel did was slap a bunch of number ones on covers. Yeah. They didn't really change much other than that. Yeah. And then DC said, Oh, we're rebooting the whole universe. Everything starts from scratch with 52 titles and it's all brand new. If you happen to be reading green lantern at that time, you know, bullshit. It wasn't fucking brand new. Basically Kyle and Hal, like they, you know, skipped a minute and their day just kept going yeah like there wasn't shit else that happened to them that was really different not either to well at like, the same yeah. time like batman like bam you get retro back to this young batman that capullo and snyder are doing like it's a very different character and he's cool and i love that book but it was a reboot fucking green lantern did not have a reboot and yeah, so but they the didn't idea change that, much of Batman's history, though. No, like, they didn't yeah. change much of his history, but then they added to it, like, the Court of Owls stuff. Like, yeah. they let Snyder kind of go nuts in a way where he changed, like, the basically the origin of Gotham City. Yeah, Like, yeah. he changed a ton of stuff. Yeah. But it was, one, it was something where they said, oh, we're hard rebooting the whole universe, and then it ended up being kind of a more soft reboot where they changed some stuff but not other stuff. When you I'm mentioned that, Green Lantern, though, like, because... When you look at the comic book universes, there's a DC universe, there's a Marvel universe, and there's a fucking Green Lantern universe. <laughs> yeah, it is well, the yeah. widest, most confusing. Because thing. of Jeff Johns and his love of GL, like GL blew up, you know, leading up to you know Sinestro War, Blackest Night. Like at one point, their biggest company crossover event was actually just a green lantern fight like that's yeah. all it was and it extended <laughs> out to the point where basically every hero that had ever died in dc had been resurrected as a black lantern yeah like that's insane and it was literally just a green lantern story but it involved almost the entirety of all of their books it's very you know it's not very often that marvel does that even with their biggest you know crossovers to where it'll be a book that will affect you know x factor all the x-men books wolverine yeah, Spider A versus Man, X was the biggest the since like the last Secret Wars. Yeah, but even then, A versus X. Did, I mean, there wasn't there was only a little bit of you know crossover with the Fantastic Four with the Thing, but it didn't really have much to do with the FF. Like it wasn't it didn't cover everybody. Right. But fuck right. it, yeah, that last Green Lantern thing where Jeff Johns went nuts, like it covered their entire universe. Yeah. I'm just hoping that if if Marvel does this, even if it does, you know, sadly represent you know a reboot to make them kind of look like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm hoping that at the end of Secret Wars, the new Marvel Universe is a hard reboot where everything starts over from scratch. I hope so too. I, hope I just it's... hope, yeah. They, I hope they don't get up to the point where we're about ready to pull the trigger and then get a little scared because I think that's what DC did. They had a huge idea and they went at it really hard, ninety percent, and then it just kind of pulled back at the end. I'm just hoping if Marvel does this, you know, the way they're saying that they just go batshit crazy and just, you know, start everything over. Just right. every fucking everything starts from day one again. 
Oh. If you're going to get rid of continuity, get rid of it completely. Don't half-ass it. Just do the whole fucking thing. It would be nice to see because, uh, I, man, I, oh, I don't know. Oh, it'd be know. crazy. I don't it'd be know. basically just like when they launched the Ultimate Universe. It was a brand new universe with no rules and no backstory. Yeah. And so you could do whatever you wanted with a character. Yeah. And so a lot of the writers were allowed to go nuts. If you, I mean, especially like if you go back and read um, like the Ultimate X-Men, it starts off with Wolverine as an assassin working for Magneto. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Like Ultimate X-Men is batshit crazy. And in that world, Wolverine is six foot tall. Oh, like, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and he looks like he's in his late 20s when That's the cool. book starts. That's crazy. Sadly, because they stopped mentioning some of that stuff about the Ultimate Universe, as they were getting towards the end of the ult- some of the Ultimate books, Wolverine was being drawn as if he was still Wolverine from the regular 616, because people forgot in that world he's supposed to be younger and taller. <laughs> and, you know, they don't, they don't seem to really stick with their character Bibles sometimes for too long on the, the Ultimate books. But, I mean, in that universe, fucking, like, Carnage ended up becoming Gwen Stacy. Like, what? Yeah, it's fucking weird. Oh, man. Carnage was a blob of weird. DNA that ended up touching Gwen Stacy and draining her body and killing her. Jesus. And then transformed into Gwen Stacy by taking on her personality. And the Gwen in that world knows that she actually is Carnage, but she prefers to be Gwen. <laughs> it's fucking okay. insane. And uh, they let Bendis do that because it was the ultimate universe and there were yeah. no rules. Did you see and him so on, uh... if you get if you get Bendis and all those guys to do all of that again with the entire Marvel universe, that can be fucking fantastic. Oh, it could. Absolutely. If they let him go balls to the wall. That's what I'm hoping for. Dude, they have so much clout now. Did you see him on Seth Meyers the other night? He was on Oh Late yeah. Night. Yeah, that was Yeah, uh... I've, re- I've rewatched it a couple times. Yeah, cuz his like him trying to explain what they're going to do is just it's it's kind of ballsy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, it was ballsier when uh, DC did it first, but uh, it's good that the boys catch up. But <laughs> yeah, well, if the House of Ideas does it better, then who's the winner? <laughs> uh, we've come down to this. So listen to this. <sighs> that was my very last sip of chocolate milk, kids. <laughs> oh, the goodness is gone for the evening, but there has been plenty of it to go around. Um, Jesus Christ, is there anything we didn't fucking cover there? Uh, yeah, we didn't mention David Tennant as the Purple Man. Oh, yes, David Tennant. Oh, that's right, I did hear about that today. Uh, that's exciting to bring him into the universe, eh? If you want to talk about another one of those, are they going to go balls to the wall? Did you ever read, um, the Alias series with Jessica Jones as the detective and what Kilgrave the Purple Man did to her? No. But wait, Kilgrave the Purple Man. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got confused yeah, for a sec. Because they also announced what's-his-name as uh, the Baron today. The guy from Kill Bill, or the guy from uh, uh, Glorious Bastards, or Inglorious Bastards. Now, see, I don't think I caught that news. Uh, the, I just caught the Purple Man stuff. Uh, the young guy who's the sniper, the German sniper who they make the movie about and everything. He's going to be one of the barons? He's going to be the baron. Uh, baron whatever, the purple masked. Oh, oh, Baron Zemo. Yeah, Baron Zemo. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so that... No, um, if if you've read the Alias book, also written by Bendis, that introduced you know the, the Jessica Jones character as a detective who's basically like, uh, like a fallen superhero who's suffering from PTSD who becomes a detective. She's Part getting a series like... too, right? She's yeah. Getting that, a... Well, she's yeah. the first series that's aka jessica jones is going to be the first netflix series for marvel oh i thought daredevil and, was out first no oh maybe it is daredevil and then jessica jones he looks second. badass by the way they gave him the old school black like ninja toque turtle like oh yeah well i think he'll thing. i think he'll start with the black suit and move on to the red just like man without fear the the frank miller story right right 
Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, in the comic, um, part of I think I don't know if it was part of the downfall of Jewel or part of what's wrong with her with like the PTSD she's dealing with is that she ran into the Purple Man who is Zebediah Kilgrave. In the comics, he's a guy who's got all purple skin, and his weird mutant power is he exudes pheromones that basically, once he's within your range, he can tell you to do anything, and you'll do it. Anything. And he's a sick, twisted fuck. (laughs) In the comics, he basically kidnapped Jessica Jones and used her as his slave for months. And the whole time, she was completely aware of everything she was doing, and this like, you know, sadistic bastard tortured her. And, you know, they I, I'm trying to remember if he actually alleged to it or flat out said it, but basically raped her and used her for months. Ugh. And there was nothing she could do because of his superpower. That's what makes him such an awful villain. As that Kilgrave is one of those guys that like he doesn't want to rule the world. He just wants to do whatever he wants at the moment. Right. He's one of those guys that lives in the moment almost like the, the Joker. Like he just and, wants and to watch the world burn. You know, a, exactly fuck that wants to have fun and whatever fun is at the moment that's what he does and so it's one of those things where they said that you were going to see you know the guy who just the world fell in love with him is doctor who and he's going to play one of the most sadistic comic villains that they've that they've had at marvel but they they kept him kind of of kind of low tier because it's it's one of those things where it's not like it's not Ultron. He's not going to kill the big world. But as a superhero, he fought in a way mentally that is really hard to fight him back against because there's nothing you can do. You can't beat him up. You can't get near him because he can control you and make you do whatever he wants. And that's a you know a crazy yeah. ass villain to try to fight. That's and yeah, up. he like tortured this character in the comics. So I'm really wondering how far they're going to push it on the show. Netflix, if they're going to basically say that because they're going to have yeah. to say that they had a past. Yeah, and it's Netflix, so it's unrated. So they could go all the way with it as far as Bendis went in the comics. And I'm excited to see like Daredevil will get an idea of how far they're going to go with violence. But I think introducing Kilgrave as a character on AKA Jessica Jones, that's going to show us how far they're willing to go. Like showing like the torture of a female character. Wow. Cause I mean, basically that's what happened was this is a super villain that tortured a female superhero. And like the idea that they're going to show that and that she's now like this badass chick after having dealt with him. Like it's, it could be really powerful because they're going to show that basically this guy ruined her life and she still is a good person. And someone that's going out and helping people, even after having dealt with basically being brought as low as a human being can by somebody forcing you to do things that you can't stop yourself from doing. Wow. I had no idea that like, was the story. It could be a, yeah. So, yeah, when they said he was going to be the Purple Man, I'm like, holy fuck. People will hate David Tennant after they see them as the Purple <laughs> Man. If he does, ah, no. does half people love a good villain. Oh, really? yeah. But believe me, there's going to be points where people will dislike him as an actor because of what the purple man is like it's 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 a character that's that bad and so i was amazed when they said that he was going to take on that role because i know he'll do it he'll go balls out his purple man will be fucking crazy oh yeah yeah so i I was excited to hear that like oh fucking david uh, how do you feel about uh leto i'm i I don't know. I, I don't think I was sold on it until I just listened to I'm actually I fell behind on my Hollywood Babylon and I just listened to Ralph and Kev when they did the episode at home where they were talking about him as the Joker and that he might be like the first kind of pretty boy Joker. 
he might be the first kind of really charming Joker. Right. As like, oh shit, that could fucking work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could totally work. It's still not the Joker I've been waiting for, but I definitely no, think they'll get away not... from the Heath Ledger Joker for sure. Yeah, exactly. It has to get it's because, uh, like Kevin said in the podcast, like nobody thought anybody could step on what Nicholson did because that just took that character to a fucking level that nobody thought was possible. Yeah. And then Heath Ledger did the exact same thing, but aiming in a very different direction. Yeah, yeah. Like he, like Nicholson's Joker was the biggest fucking like exploding party animal balloon ever. Like it was just fucking confetti, just purple and fucking smiles and just love it, batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah, just fucking beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But then Heath Ledger was like, oh, this is this Dark, is a Joker that's an agent of chaos. Yeah, like quite literally, like yeah, you go. Know, I love dynamite and gasoline. They gotta bring the cheap. two together, man. Yeah, <laughs> that'll they, be yeah, the yeah, ultimate like, Joker when they bring those this, two this could together. Be, yeah, the, the cross yeah. between the you know, the agent of chaos and the showman, yeah. you know, kind of that. But I mean, this could also be much more of the tricks. It could like, be. We yeah. haven't really. I, you know, I, kind of like you know the the laughing clown from the Batman sixties TV uh, show. Let's hope they like, don't go that far. Leto could be doing that version of it. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it could be very cool because yeah, I, I can't see him what. He's not to do. He's not going to do super dark because yeah, it's they're going to want to get away from the Heath Ledger, and you, you definitely don't want another role, you know, driving an actor, you know, possibly to fucking you know suicide or drug use. Like you know, they need to go in a different direction with the Joker. Yeah. But yeah, it's I'm, I'm excited to see it because yeah, that's uh, that's also I mean, you talk about another you know fantastic actor that's filled some crazy ass roles. Like he's been in some seriously cool movies, and I, I mean, I just saw Dallas Buyers Club a little bit ago. He was fucking awesome. He's talented, like, he was but so he's fucking gonna cool. Have to, he's yeah, gonna yeah. have to go somewhere inside himself for this. I still would love to see, because uh, I agree with Mister Neil Adams himself, and his choice for the Joker is in fact Matt Smith. Oh, and. Like he was the way he was describing it too. I'm pretty sure it was an episode of Bat uh, Fat Man on Batman. That would be weird. And he said to Kevin Smith, he's like, "Well, you know who is the Joker in my mind?" And uh, Kevin was like, "Who?" He's like, "That uh, what's his name, Doctor Who, that Smith guy." And he's like, "Matt Smith." And he's like, "That in my mind, that's who I've always seen the Joker to be." So, um, I kind of agree with him. I think Matt Smith could go in a serious bonkers place with that, you know. Do I still have you? That could be definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it uh I think it would be insane. It seems <laughs> like uh the Skype is starting to give us signs that uh it can't it handle any more of this awesome conversation for the evening. But uh <laughs> that was fun. Uh tomorrow we're recording this on Tuesday, which means tomorrow is Wednesday, which means tomorrow uh, we're getting even closer to the return of Oliver Queen. Uh and we're gonna see where all that shit goes, which is very, very exciting. Uh, can't wait to see how they explain the little bit of a Lazarus pit in a house. I, I thought they were going to go straight up with the Lazarus pit, but it looks like well, no, and uh, he said on social media that there would be no Lazarus pit. Oh, did and everybody he? was like, yeah. And everybody thought he was full of shit. Cause how else would they bring him back? And from the looks of it right now, there's no Lazarus pit. It's somehow he was brought back. By... There's a commercial with his hand coming out of water with an arrow. Like you're like, of well, course that doesn't it's mean a it's a Lazarus, Lazarus pit. pit. She could have just made him a bath. You know? <laughs> I, I do love the idea that like the dude whose wife he saved is coming back and repaint a debt. Like yeah. that was fucking awesome. Yeah, and they obviously aren't getting along. It seems either. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Nobody uh, gets along on Arrow. Anthony Bachman, thank you so much for hanging out tonight, sir. Indeed. 
that is all we're going to have this week on an elegant weapon. Take it easy. <laughs> oh, actually, we didn't actually talk about the bet. Didn't we, we actually? It up, talk- and then we, we went into another. <laughs> we started talking about Chris Evans and then casting, and we went into. Okay, okay, kids. Hey, kids, we're back for a sec because we just actually realized that we didn't even talk about the bet we keep fucking wanting to talk about. Uh, Chris Evans uh, bet Mark or Chris Pratt. Uh, who's who? Uh, Evans is a Boston boy, I think. He's yeah, got... Evans, Captain America. Ridiculously enough, is actually a Patriots fan because he yeah. was in Boston. And Star Lord is uh, Pratt 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 on Twitter, who was grew he grew up in uh, the Seattle area and is a Seahawk fan. And they are going to uh, – they made a bet to each dress up as their characters and go to the other's perspective chosen child hospital uh, in Indeed. gear. Uh, Captain America is to wave the 12th man flag, and Chris Pratt is to – Wear a Tom Brady jersey. Yes, wear a Tom Brady jersey as Star-Lord, as which Star-Lord. would be hilarious. <laughs> um, I, I have a feeling uh, – they were talking about this on Babylon, actually, that uh, – they probably both end up doing it. Like, I think I think what's going to happen is that the loser, if it's Captain America, will be waving the 12-man flag at the Seattle Children's Hospital. And if that happens, I think Star-Lord will show up at the Boston Hospital, just he won't be wearing the jersey. I think what will happen is that both characters will show up, but only the loser is going to have to fulfill the bet. Yeah, that makes sense. See, the, here's the thing. Yeah. This is where I get iffy, like I was saying about Chris Evans earlier. I see him willing to go to the hospital – but I see him being douche enough not to put the outfit on. Oh, you don't think he'll show up as Captain America? I think if he comes as Captain America, it'll be like, okay, I put the leather coat on and comb my hair back. I don't think he'll come fully suited. I don't know, because, I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see, because, I mean, it's you know coming up this weekend. It's Super Bowl time. Yeah. But, yeah, from what I've seen, that, like, that Twitter fight where literally it was just two actors kind of going off on each other in public – and it seemed completely spur of the moment. I mean, there's no telling if they weren't sitting in front of computers, on the phone with each other, sitting next to their publicists. Like, it's possible. It's definitely possible. There's no way to know. Oh, that's but, see- but it, it, it seemed pretty generic. It yeah, seemed pretty genuine. It seemed genuine. It seemed spur of the moment where they were talking trash. And it seemed like two guys who happen to know how much their characters mean, especially to sick kids. Yeah. And – it seemed like those two guys taking that moment to, you know, you know what? We can turn this into something great for kids either in your city or my city. We should do that. Yeah. And just being like it, like for me, it was the coolest moment since Marvel cast them to where somebody at Marvel was sitting back and going, not only did we grab two great actors to, to fill roles in some movies, booking ambassadors for our characters yeah because i mean it's not chris pratt going to a hospital it's not chris evans going to a hospital it as far as those kids are concerned it's fucking star lord and captain america (laughs) are showing up to hang out with them which is the coolest thing ever it's like you know when after the shootings in denver when fucking you know christian bale showed up and visited the you know the wounded people in the hospital he's an actor he didn't have to fucking do that but he's batman and so he showed up and you know, and kind of you know overstep the roles of the job. It's like that's not part of the job, but but if you're an awesome fucking person, it is part of the job. Yeah. And, and so how do you yeah, not feel good doing scene, it. You know. Exactly. Like literally, like when you're actually at and, I mean, the hospital all the with I've the seen, kids. Yeah. yeah. It's all the pictures great. I've seen of Chris Pratt playing Legos 
with you know sick kids in hospitals like since like the moment Guardians came out. Yeah. From what I've seen, Star Lord has been volunteering everywhere, oh, which yeah. is fucking awesome, and he's he seems to really genuinely enjoy it. Bitch ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, I'm and, you know, a star now. Yeah, he complained about having to lose the weight, but I think at this point, he thinks I'm pretty sure he would agree that it was all worth it for what he's gotten to do since then. Yeah. And now because he maybe he's gets got to be Indiana and Jones Star-Lord. and run away yeah, from and then, dinosaurs. Yeah, maybe he becomes Indiana Jones and he never goes <laughs> never goes hungry another day in his life. They even but yeah, him. it's something where I you just have to think that someone at Marvel saw this happening back and forth on Twitter and went, "Oh, we fucking struck gold. These <laughs> actors are amazing. Yeah, good. Not people, only man. are they you know showing up and busting ass and doing the job on the films, but then you know as ambassadors for us, for our characters, for our brand, they're making us look great because. The, the only downside would be is if one of them didn't fulfill the bet. Yeah. If yeah. one of them welched on the bet. But you got to know at this point, their publicist, their manager, oh, their screwed. agent. They can't not. Yeah. Now. yeah. If they didn't do it, <laughs> like it would fucking ruin them. Yeah. yeah. And it, so I don't think it's a possibility. And so we're going to see. Uh, yeah, I think what will happen is that whichever person loses the bet will show up at the hospital fulfilling the bet. And, and then the other actor will just show up as their character but not fulfilling the, the losing part of the bet because they don't have to. I don't but know. I think I'll we'll be shocked if Evan puts the whole suit on. If he puts the suit really? on, and yeah, I think he's just going to go as like civvy clothes Steve Rogers. I think he'll I mean, do and, something. And, but... Unless he's, I mean, honestly, unless he's like growing a beard for another role or something and is possibly not in good enough shape to put on the outfit, Yeah. which, you know, it's possible. Who knows You know what, what he looks like at the moment. Since they just got done filming Ultron, you know, he might be taking some lazy time off and having a couple beers. Because, yeah. you know, listening to uh, Douglas movies, he's been on there a couple times. I can tell you, Chris Evans likes some motherfucking drink. Captain America will get sloshy drunk and have fun. I've seen that he's on there. I've got to listen to that yeah. uh, a few more times. But uh, yeah, it will be interesting. He's a funny guy. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, unless he's, you know, got a beer belly going right now, I, I, I just think he's the type of guy he would show up as Captain America waving the 12th man flag. I think he'll do it. All right. Well, let's hope that uh, my pessimism is proved wrong, kids. But uh, hopefully. Hopefully. that's how it's going to go. That's Anthony Bachman. You can find him on Twitter at Anthony Bachman. He hosts a show called The Next Element. That's on pointsofinterestpodcast.com where you can find this show right here, An Elegant Weapon. For the second time tonight, peck it is.